And so we are in the third week of what I think is an exciting, challenging, and uh, also very formative sermon series titled, What is the Church? In the series, we've been looking at uh, what Jesus Christ designs and desires for his church. And the Bible passage uh, for the preaching of God's word this morning is Romans chapter 12, verses 1 to 10. It'll come up for us on screen if you have your Bibles, uh, physical Bibles, mobile devices. Feel free to turn to them. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 to 10. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be confirmed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind and by testing, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. This is the word of the Lord. Every week as we have been walking through these sermon series, we have prayed the same prayer together. And you're going to be praying the same prayer today and for the rest of the series. Would you join with me in, in praying this? It will come up for us on screen. Our Heavenly Father, by your Holy Spirit, would you illuminate your word into our hearts that we may wholly see and wholly align with our Lord Jesus Christ's desire and design for his church. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, amen. This is a familiar passage. It's a glorious passage. It's also a very compelling passage. And the big thing that we're going to be focusing on this morning is in verse 4 and 5. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we though many are one body in Christ, and 
individually members of one another. In the local church, we are members of one another. What does this passage really mean when it says we are members of one another? That's what we're going to be looking at this morning. In the context of this passage, how this passage is calling us to the constant, diligent, consistent use of spiritual gifts clearly tells us that this passage is talking about the local church. Of course, it includes the universal church as well. But some of the practical applications, love one another, this love, consistent love, Enduring love is possible only in the local church. Even, even as we are called to love one another as brothers and sisters in the universal church as well. So this passage clearly has implications for the local church. And that's what we're going to be uh, focusing on today. What does it mean to be members of one another in the local church? I've been thinking about this sermon, I think, for about a year now. We've been praying... Uh, the series, What is the Church, uh, is something we've been reflecting on. And personally, I've been on a two-year journey thinking about the biblical basis for membership. It's been a two-year journey for me personally. And uh, as I've been thinking about this, time and again, the one thing that's constantly stuck to me is that before we teach on membership, we must first unlearn wrong notions of church membership. So that's the first thing I'm going to go today. It's something that I've been praying and planning for a year now. We need to first unlearn what church membership does not mean. Uh, I'm sure there are words where whose meaning has changed over time. As culture changes, meanings of word changes. And membership is one such word. The meaning of it has completely changed. And today, it's, it's almost spiritual warfare that we're waging to rediscover the biblical meaning of the word membership. So I want to talk about first three misunderstandings of, of membership in the local church. First, there is a cultural misunderstanding of membership. The moment you talk to anyone say membership, the first thing he or she is going to think about is club membership. You pay a fees once a year, once a lifetime, once a month. And you get some benefits. That's, that's what membership means immediately in the context of our culture. Or you are a frequent flyer, you have membership to a frequent flyer scheme, and uh, that entitles you to some benefits. I mean, you're at the airport, you go to the lounge, uh, you enjoy the lounge, you enjoy the facilities at the lounge, you don't talk to anyone else at the lounge, they're all strangers to you, and, and you go back uh, on, your, on the rest of your journey. That's the cultural misunderstanding of membership. When we say membership in the local church, that's not at all the paradigm. Membership in local church is not paying a money and getting some benefits. So we've got to unlearn that. When the Bible talks about membership, when we talk about membership in the coming weeks, that's not what we mean. The second misunderstanding of membership is the traditional misunderstanding of membership. Now, please don't hear me wrong. I'm not at all being critical of any church. And if you know me, you've heard me say that every church over a point of time, there, will, there is going to be a drift, and the drift is going to be to confirm to culture and not to Christ, and we have to battle that. So this can happen to New City as well. It's a very real risk. So please don't 
uh, hear me as being critical at all. The traditional understanding of membership is some of the older established churches uh, practice membership very diligently, but sadly, the biblical meaning has been lost. Just as a new city, we've lost the biblical meaning of some things, and we need to rediscover that. So the traditional understanding of membership, you know, I, I kind of grew up hating the traditional understanding of membership. Um, you know, the first thing I came to hear about church when I first became a believer, this is a long time ago, about uh, a fight that happened in church during elections. And I, I was a two-month-old believer at that point in time, and I was wondering, what have I signed up for? Right? So if that's your context of membership, some of you have grown to hate church membership because of elections and voting and politics and committees and all of that, we've got to unlearn that. When we talk about membership, when the Bible talks about membership, that's not what it's talking about. So we need to unlearn the traditional understanding of membership. Third, we need to understand the emotional uh, understanding of membership. I think in this, in this uh, uh, gathering, uh, as a church, uh, I see people from different generations, so I think all generations are going to be, uh, are going to be able to relate to, me, relate to me on this. What do I mean by emotional misunderstanding of membership? In the past, and I can generalize, most churches, New City included, we have either abused authority or we have abandoned authority. So when we think of membership, and last week we spoke about church discipline, uh, when I, the moment I said the word church discipline, I said, please don't freak out. And I sent articles for you to read after that and, uh, and all of that. So they say the abuse of authority. And so some people, when we, because of the history, because of whatever's happened in the past, the moment we think membership, we think of, you know, harsh authority, authoritarian uh, stances that sadly many churches have taken. And uh, we are a newer church. Uh, you know, we, we are not like those churches. We are better. And what have we done? We've swung to the other extreme. We have abandoned most new churches. Uh, have Because they don't want that kind of authoritarian, uh, unbiblical, authoritarian, dictatorial, almost uh, political leadership. We have swung the other way. And we said, we want to have nothing with authority, no discipline. We want to belong, but don't you ever even think about asking us to commit. We want belonging without commitment. We've swung to the other extreme where we've abandoned authority. So when I say emotional, abuse of authority, abandoning of authority, we're all somewhere, whether you're in a new church or an old church, we're all somewhere in that spectrum. And we all need to move towards good gospel, biblical authority. So I've been praying, and even now as I preach, I'm praying, Lord, help us unlearn. Take away those filters that we all have when we think about membership, and help us see the truth of God's word. Will you pray with me, even as, as, I, as we keep uh, moving forward in the sermon? We all tend to underestimate the importance of membership in a local church. And what, about, what I'm about to say is generally true of most believers, myself first. We all tend to see our connection to Christ more clearly than our connections to one another. 
You think, when you think about redemption and salvation and all of that, we tend to see our connection with Christ far more clearly, far more functionally, far more practically than the connection that we have together as the body of Christ, as members of one another, as this passage calls us to see. We are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. We are in union with Christ and we are knitted to one another as brothers and sisters, as members in the local church. And so today we're going to really look at this passage. And to me, this along with 1 Corinthians 12 are beautiful passages to really reflect and rediscover how the early church viewed church membership. So that's what we're going to be doing today. As I've been saying the last couple of weeks, the Bible is not a collection of impactful but disjointed verses. We must not read, by, by that I simply mean that we must not read the Bible as we read a shairi or kabir ke dohe. Uh, I, I grew up in Chennai and my dad in all his wisdom decided I need to learn Hindi. Uh, nobody, those days Hindi movies were not famous. Uh, there was no television, there was no internet and I struggled with Hindi. And one of my greatest struggles in my Hindi class was Kabir Ke Dohe. And all my Hindi classes, I learned just one. Aaj kare to kab kare. Aaj kare to kal kare. Kal kare to kab. Kab mein pralai hoega, bahuri karegi, bahuri karegi kab. You're all supposed to say, wow, 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 wow. We all read the Bible like we read Kabir Ke Dohe. Impactful but disjointed verses. We love zooming in on one verse. And we take that verse, we appropriate that verse, and we make that verse what we want it to be. And we miss the passage. And today I'm going to show you a couple of real instances of that. Look at verse 1 in the passage that we read. Romans chapter 12 verse 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Such a familiar verse. I know it by heart, and I know so many of us know this verse by heart. But I'm willing to bet that we've all read this verse like Kabir Kedohe. We appropriated this verse like we would appropriate a Kabir Kedohe. What does the Bible mean when it says, present your bodies as living sacrifices? How have we understood this word so far? What does the Bible mean when it says, offer your bodies as living sacrifices? Most of us immediately, Kabir Kedohe kind of interpretation, the Kabir Kedohe method of reading the Bible, immediately we pick this verse and say, offer your bodies, this must be about sexual purity. You know, our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, we must keep our bodies pure. Is there truth in that? Yes, it's, there's truth in that. But is that all this passage is saying? No, this passage is showing us, calling us to see so much more. Or look at the second verse. Do not be confirmed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Again, a very familiar verse. 
but how have we understood do not be confirmed to the world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind i'm guessing most of us have kind of really applied this verse very generically is there blessing is there a blessing in applying this verse generically yes there is but this passage this verse in the context of this passage is talking about the renewal of the mind being transformed by the renewal of the mind and offer your bodies as living sacrifices in a very specific context and i'm going to walk us through the specific context of these two compelling and impactful verses let's start with the second verse first do not be confirmed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind what does this transformation by the renewal of our minds mean in the context of this passage the answer is there in the very next verse it begins in verse 3 for for is a connector it tells us the previous verse and this verse is connected for the, for by the grace given to me i say to everyone among you do not think of himself more highly than he ought to and so connecting verse 2 and 3 in the context of this passage this exhortation to be transformed by the renewal of your mind is entirely focused is specifically focused on how we think of ourselves in the light of the reality that god has called us to be members of the local church serving one another with all the gifts that he has given us that's the passage verses 6 and 7 and onwards we talked about serving each other with the spiritual gifts that god has given us so this passage is actually telling us do not confirm to how the world lives in the world everyone thinks more highly of himself or herself than they they should and they do not give themselves to one another in this world it's all about you for yourself it's about your success your significance your security don't be like the world but all of you who have been redeemed by the blood of christ think of you rightly and humbly give yourselves to one another as members of the local church so being the transformation by the renewal of our minds in this passage is moving from being self-centered to giving ourselves to serving others in the context of the local church when we think more highly of ourselves we are not going to be serving others but we're going to live with a sense of entitlement that others must serve us paul expands this some more in philippians chapter 2 verse 3 he says do not do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit but in humility count others more significant than yourselves let's now look at the first verse that we, we that we looked at i appeal to you brothers by the mercies of god to present your bodies as living sacrifice as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to god which is your spiritual worship what exactly does it mean to present our bodies as a living sacrifice as i said earlier most of us tend to assume this this verse is about sexual purity if you're struggling with sexual temptation please hold on to this verse for dear life i'm not saying that's wrong hold on to this verse memorize it preach it to your soul a thousand times every day do it but also grow in seeing what the bible is specifically saying let's look at what this passage let's look at this verse in the context of the full uh, passage 
the Bible is not leaving us to generally wonder about what this living sacrifice means. It is clearly telling us what it specifically means when it calls us to offer our bodies as living sacrifices. Let me walk us through, let me walk us through the flow of the verse. Verse 1, Romans chapter 12, offer yourselves as living sacrifices. Verse 5, Romans chapter 12, we are members of one another. Verse 6, Romans chapter 12, whatever gifts God has given you, use it to serve one another in the local church. Look at the flow. Live as living sacrifices, we are members of one another, and serve one another with the spiritual gifts that you, God has given you. So how are we to interpret living as or to offering our bodies as living sacrifices. This passage is clearly telling us to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. It tells us that to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice is to take all the gifts that God has given us, given each of us, and to serve one another in the local church. A true Consistent, diligent, faithful use of our spiritual gifts is possible only in the local church. And that's God's design. We saw last week, the last couple of weeks in the series, what is the church? That the local church is God's primary platform for discipleship. If you miss those, I'd encourage you to go back and and look at it. So in the context of this passage... To offer our bodies as a living sacrifice is to serve one another in the local church. And this is not a one-time serving. It's a continuous, ongoing, lifetime serving. Something that's possible only when we commit to live life together as members of a local church. If you're moving from one church to another to another and never settle in one, please take and don't hear me wrong, it's okay to move churches. There are situations where that might happen. Some of you, as I said last week, might choose to leave New City and might flourish in another church. We understand that. Some of you maybe are transitioning into New City Church. But as I said earlier, we make up our minds soon and we give ourselves. There's no such thing as a perfect church. If you're looking for a church and you're wondering if this is a perfect church, New City is not a perfect church. Walk, walk up to me after the service and I'll tell you all our failings. We know them all too well. You see, in the light of how this passage talks about being renewed in our minds and and giving our bodies as living sacrifices, now we can define being members in a local church. Now we can biblically define what it really means. What does it mean when we are members of one another? And I've tried my best to come up with a definition based on this passage. To be a member in a local church is to offer ourselves to God in worship as a living sacrifice by serving one another in the local church with the gifts that God has given us. I think that's worth repeating. Even I need to get my mind around it fully. To be a member in a local church is to offer ourselves to God in worship as a living sacrifice by serving one another in the local church with the gifts God has given each of us. As I've been sharing, this series, New City, is now in the 10th year. And over the last 10 years, so many of you, whether you're here or or not, you missed today, so many of you have served in so many magnificent ways. 
And I've been saying, New City has been built by all of you who have served faithfully with the unique gifts. This morning we had a salmon sandwich for breakfast. I don't know how, how many church set up teams uh, get to enjoy that because someone has been faithfully bringing us breakfast, bringing the setup team at breakfast. So setup team comes at 9.30 and someone brings breakfast for the setup team. Look at the chain of, of, of service. Faithfully, so many of you have poured out your lives in serving God's church. And we want to celebrate that. But we also want to call everyone to, to do that. And going forward, we're going to beautifully, the, the commitment already exists. And so in a sense, we are members. Those of you who've been serving, you are members. But something is changing. New City is growing bigger. In a, earlier in a smaller church, it was pretty clear. But now as we are growing, I think the time has come to move towards a beautiful articulation of our membership commitment through a, a godly biblical covenant ceremony. I think it's going to look beautiful in the next few months when those of us who are committing to members, we, members, we come together. We reflect on God's word through the series in other ways and we read a commitment, a covenant of membership to one another. We're going to be moving towards that. You see, this definition of membership is very different from the cultural, the traditional, and the emotional misunderstandings of membership. Culture says, I pay a fee, what benefit do I get? The Bible says, be a living sacrifice. Tradition says, I need to get my name on the book, otherwise I don't, I'm not going to get buried in a cemetery. We don't have a cemetery at New City. We will find a way to bury you, should any of you pass away. I can assure you that. We will find a way. That's, that's my commitment to you as, as an elder in, in, in the church. So the traditional misunderstanding says, I need my name, I need, I need a plot uh, for future use, hopefully not in the near future, a long, long time away. But the Bible says, be a living sacrifice. Don't worry about your death too much. Be a living sacrifice. The emotional misunderstanding of church uh, uh, membership says, you know, there's either been abuse of authority, therefore I'm going to uh, abandon it. No. Be a living sacrifice because Christ gave his life for us. Because the Son of God, God himself, gave all of his life to us. And so we give our lives back to him. I want to show you another beautiful thing in this passage. Uh, I've been reflecting on this and I was, I was truly personally led to worship as I saw this in this passage. Chapter 12, verse 1. This passage is making a direct connection, a direct connection between our salvation and our membership in a local church. Let me, let me show this to you. Chapter 12, verse 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And again, we are now seeing the verse in its full context. And the word, therefore, in this passage, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, the word, therefore, is pretty significant. Because it's asking us to look at everything else that happened before this verse, before Romans 12, 1. And one Bible commentator, he said, 
this Romans chapter 12, one, uh, chapter 12 verse 1 is the greatest therefore in the Bible. Let that sink in. This is the greatest therefore in the Bible. Romans chapter 1 to Romans chapter 11 is the greatest exposition of the gospel in the Bible. Augustine was converted reading the book of Romans. Martin Luther changed the course of Christian history by reading Romans over and over and over again. John Wesley came to faith as he, as he, as he heard someone read Luther's preface to the book of Romans. The book of Romans is the greatest exposition. Romans chapter 1 to 11 is the greatest exposition of the gospel in the entire Bible. Romans chapter 1 verse 16, I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes first for the Jew then for the Gentile. Romans chapter 8 verse 1, for therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 3 verse 28, for we hold that one is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. This was triggered the reformation. For, we hope, for Romans chapter 6 verse 14, For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. In Romans chapter, 11, Romans chapter 1, from Romans chapter 1 to Romans chapter 11, the Apostle Paul preaches the whole gospel, the entire gospel, 11 chapters of, of delightful exposition of the gospel of grace. And then in the first verse of Romans chapter 12, he says, Therefore, serve one another in the local church as a living sacrifice. The Apostle Paul is making a direct connection between our salvation by the gospel of grace to membership in the local church. He's pivoting. He's labored, he's built a foundation of the gospel and he's immediately opening a doorway from the gospel to being and living our lives as members of a local church. He did not say New City Church. Every local church. Be members, truly in the biblical sense, in any local church. That is why this commentator called this the greatest Therefore, in the Bible, God is calling us to consider the full weight of grace. He's calling us to feel the full weight of our salvation. And having felt the weight of his gospel, God says in his word, therefore, belong to one another as a living sacrifice in the local church. This passage is clearly telling us we are to live our salvation. We are to live out our salvation as members of the local church. This is what it means when the Bible says your individuals who belong to one another in the body of Christ. So my application is very simple. Do you want to be a member or not? Do you desire to be a member of this local church that God has called you. The Bible calls us to be members of one another. It does not specify a membership program. And the only reason we are moving towards membership is we want that 
to strengthen. We want us to remind us that we are members of one another as Romans chapter 12 and 1 Corinthians 12 so clearly tells us. So the goal is not the membership program. The goal is we need, we need guidances. You know how busy you are. And so in the, life, in, the, in the reality of the busy lives, we need reminders. We need godly structures. We need gospel guidelines. We need gospel rhythms to live out the truth of the gospel. And so our membership program, when we move into it, is not never going to be the end in itself, but it's going to help remind us and live, help us live, live out the reality that we are members of one another. You know, through the series, as I've been reflecting on the local church, I've personally been growing in my reverence for the local church. I'm feeling the delight uh, that Christ feels in his church. Let me read a quote from Charles Spurgeon, and then I'm going to close after that quickly with a few very simple, practical steps forward. I've got a couple of things for us, very practical things uh, we're going to do. But, But read this, listen to me, read this quote from Charles Spurgeon. If I had never joined a church till I had found one, if I had never joined a church till I had found one that was perfect, I would never have joined a church at all, because there's no such thing as a perfect church. And if I, if I had indeed found a perfect church and joined it, I would have spoiled it. It wouldn't have been perfect, a perfect church after I had become a part of it. And then Spurgeon goes on to stay, say, still, imperfect as it is, the church is the dearest place on earth to us. How much that honors the sacrifice of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. The church is the dearest place on earth to us. A community of the Lord's redeemed to whom I have given my life as they have given theirs to me. A community of those redeemed by Jesus in which I'm living as a living sacrifice to them and they to me as Christ laid down his life for me. When we say, as Spurgeon says, the church is the dearest place on earth to us, not just say it, but live it as a living sacrifice, that is your true act of spiritual worship. We must delight setting aside our fears of commitment, setting aside past abuse, Maybe some of you have really suffered under, under improper use of biblical authority in the church. Maybe some of you have been hurt. Maybe some of you are wounded. Maybe I have hurt some of you. I'm not perfect. Maybe I have spoken a harsh word to you. Maybe you're carrying those wounds. Maybe your father or mother has, has exercised ungodly authority. Maybe they have failed in exercising their authority and so you have a deep fear of authority in every authority structure in the world. Christ can heal that. We don't have to be bonded to those sins done against us forever. Christ can set us free. Do you want him to set you free today? We want to commit ourselves to one another to live as living sacrifices. So the next few minutes before I close, I'm going to walk us very quickly, very simply, practically what is membership going to look like in New City? What are the steps that's going to happen? First, 
A new city church membership is not going to be a form to fill or a register to get your name on or, or a privilege to enjoy. At New City, we're going to see membership as a joyful lifestyle of worshiping God by serving, sacrificially serving one another. At New City, membership is not a program. Membership is a lifestyle. And this is what living sacrificially really means. At, at New City, membership will mean journeying together in a gospel covenant as members of one another to gradually grow in living out the 100 one another commands in the New Testament. Love one another, encourage one another, exhort one another, forgive one another. At New City, membership is a lifestyle of living these 100 one another commands in the New Testament out of our love for Jesus. We don't have a membership yet in that sense. As I said, we have committed members who've been serving so beautifully in so many ways. We want to kind of move towards articulating a covenant to one another, a covenant of membership. So this is what we're going to do. First, today, we're going to ask for interest. Are you interested in signing up as a member? I'm going to share a Google form, which you can fill out. It's going to take 30 seconds to fill out. And based on those who fill out, uh, over the next few months, we're going to meet with people in small groups. Those of you who say yes in that Google form, we're going to meet in small groups. We're going to do another round of teaching, another round of discussion. We're going to try and answer all questions. We're going to pray a lot together. And after enough discussion and prayer, we want to express our commitment to one another through a covenant membership ceremony. We're going to do that right here on, on a Sunday. And then we're going to continue growing in loving and loving one another and in, on being on mission together. We want to stay connected. We want to continue serving together. We want to keep meeting as members every three months or so. And one of the things we are definitely going to do is when, when someone signs us up as a member, we're not going to treat that as a lifetime thing. Every, at periodic intervals, maybe once a year, maybe once in six months, we will gather together to renew our covenant of membership, gospel covenant of membership with one another as we are members of one body. We're going to turn membership into a spiritual act of worship, which is how the Bible has prescribed us to be. The communion is, is covenant renewal. Baptism is when we, we participate in the covenant, we give ourselves this. Baptism is covenant initiation, and, com and communion is covenant renewal. And so we want to renew our membership covenant with one another. We want to treat it as a spiritual and not as a logistical or, or, or a paperwork in, in, in any sense. I want to just invite us for a moment as I close in prayer to just reflect on that quote from Spurgeon. The church is the dearest place on earth to us. I'm going to invite Felix now to just... Um, on the WhatsApp group. Most of us are part of a WhatsApp group. If you're not on the group, uh, let Felix know. He'll send you the form. You think he's already sent it? Uh, I'm going to give us some 30 seconds before I pray, pray and close. Would you mind taking out your mobile phones if you're part of New City? Uh, if you're a guest, uh, please, we want you to go back to your churches. <laughs> you know, uh, we're delighted that you're here. Thank you for joining us. Uh, if you want more details, I'm very happy to share it with you. You know, all of that. You're welcome. You're welcome to share resources. For those of us who are part of New City, if you'd like to pull out your phone, uh, pull out your phone, 
take a minute to fill that for me. Yeah, I think it's asked three simple questions. Three, three simple questions. I'm going to give us 30 seconds to do that. Everyone's able to access the form. If anyone has any trouble, just let Felix know. He'll help you. As we do that, I have for us printed uh, a, a, a short note on the beauty of belonging to one another. Larissa and the team are going to just distribute that. If you can have it distributed, please. Thank you. If you're a guest, please take a, take a copy of this. This is our gift to you. Uh, please take a copy of this. Uh, we'll have volunteers come in and distribute that. Um, this is, uh, I've kind of, uh, this is not, I haven't written this. As I, and we've given credit right up. Uh, we've borrowed this. We've adapted this from another, from another church. And I've given credits to the church here. We've adapted it to our context. Uh, but it's a, it gives a very beautiful biblical framework um, for what membership in a local church should look like. And what is membership? The beauty of belonging to one another as we belong to Christ. Feel free to take a, a, a copy. It's for everyone. Allow me to close us in prayer. Uh, after I close in prayer, we're going to have the band come up, lead us in a song, and then we're going to move into the Lord's Supper together. I want to invite us to use this time to reflect, uh, to pray, uh, consider uh, what the Holy Spirit may be laying on your heart. Uh, Father, we, um, we come into your presence as we are. We pray for grace. We repent for the many ways in which we have failed to live as living sacrifices. That's reality, Lord. We acknowledge it, but we know that we don't need to be crushed by it, but because day by day, you're giving us grace. Your mercy is anew every morning. And so, Lord, even as we come under the teaching of your word, uh, pour out your spirit, and may your word and your spirit transform us. May we truly be everyone at New City, as we move into membership, may we truly be the city on a hill that you called us to be. May we truly love one another, and by our love for one another, may the world know that we are your disciples. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.